Let's sing together. God, I'm on my knees again. God, I'm begging, please again. I need you. Oh, I need you. Walking down these desert roads, water for my thirsty soul. I need you. Oh, I need you. Cause your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet. Sound of symphony to my ears Like holy water on my head Dead men walking, slave to sin I wanna know about being born so glad <clears throat> there's a, a curtain over here because I am back there kind of just moving, doing some moves. 
And I think I heard something doing it. But it was a song worthwhile, right? Happy New Year. What makes it a happy new year? The Lord. Um, I made a post on Facebook. You know, for me, all the different things that are happening in our world, okay, I get it. Some are good. What makes it a happy new year is where the Bible tells us that God, his mercies are new every day, every year. It's for you, for me, because he loves us. That's what makes it a happy new year. So as we go from 2020 and some of that yuck to 2021, we know that God, he was with us in 2020, he'll be with us in 2021, and he is so good. So I hope you keep rejoicing in that. Uh, Welcome all of you, glad that you're with us in worship. A couple quick things, if you're a guest, thank you for coming. Whether you are live here in person or live stream, Uh, Whether it's Facebook or our website, thank you for coming and thank you for worshiping with us. Uh, It is a joy and a privilege. And if you're a guest, if you would let us know you're here. And one of the ways in which you can do it is you can text 1C guest to 94,000. You could do it the digital way. Or if you're live here, feel free to stop at uh, Next Steps in the family gathering area. Or if you're on Facebook, just put your name and say you're worshiping and where you're from. Uh, we just love to know who God is calling into worship with us. So if you would do that. Also, uh, if you have a prayer request and you'd like it included in worship today, if you would, you could text your prayer of concern or thanksgiving to 402-242-5051 and we'll include that into worship today. And if you're on Facebook, you could put your prayer request on the comment line as well. Also, a little bit later in the service, we're going to have communion. Here at 1C, we believe it's a gift that God has given to his people. And it is bread and wine, but it's also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, to strengthen our faith, and to remind us once again, he's always with us. So if you didn't get the elements before the service, during the next song, you can go into family gathering by the kitchen window, and you can receive the elements so that you can join us in this celebration that'll take place in just a little bit. Um, Let's see, what else? Uh, Voters meeting, January 10th, right after this service, so right around noon, and at the voters meeting, we're gonna talk about the vision for 2021 and our needing to be dependent on God. Um, And then we're also gonna be voting on a budget. We're gonna be taking a look at uh, we're reviewing and making changes in our bylaws, and you're probably sitting like, oh, wow, you know, that sounds really exciting. But it is what kind of shapes us and directs us as a church. So we really want you to be a part of this. So if you can be here, that's great. If you want to do this online, you're going to get an email as a member of 1C, and we're going to tell you the details of how you can join us online and even be able to vote for some of the things that will be taking place. So that's, that'll be coming Monday, tomorrow, uh, for you. And uh, no exploration this Wednesday, but we're going to use Wednesday to take down our Christmas decorations. And so as we are, this weekend is Epiphany, where we celebrate, again, the wise men that made their way to see Jesus. Uh, but Wednesday, we're going to take down the Christmas decorations. So if you can help, uh, what time is that at, Carrie, if you were? Five? 5.30, so 5.30, if you can make your way here, 
It won't take long and we can do it together. Hopefully on the way in, last one, uh, we have a little packet for you, a prayer journal or a journal to take notes, sermon outline for you, and also the bookmark that's going to walk you through each of the weeks as we go into this new series, 40 Days of Prayer. So make sure you get one of these if you didn't already. And if you're online, if you would like this, just get, message us and we'll, we'll get you this as well. May God continue to bless us as we worship him.
I, uh, I think only one person in this room knows this, but I worked at Wiggins Landscaping for one summer back in like 1970s. I, I don't even know what year it was. So I am a trained professional when it comes to taking care of plants and trees and shrubs and you name it. So if you would humor me for this kid's message, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pretend I have a seed, okay? I don't know if you can see it. It's not there, so I, if you do see it, talk to me later. Um, uh, but I'm going to go like this. I'm going to take the seed, and I'm going to place it right here. And I would like to have you come back next week, and let's see what happens to the seed. What do you expect to happen? How about that? Let's talk about that. What's going to happen to the seed? Next week, you're going to see what? Yeah. Nothing right? It's not going to grow. Nothing's going to happen. Who knows? Maybe the earth system's going to blow it off and it's going to fall on the carpet and it's going to just be crumpled up and die, right? Now, if we want to see this seed grow, what do we need? A little louder? Dirt. dirt. We need some dirt. So let's pretend we have some dirt. So we take the seed and put it into the dirt. There we go. Perfect. That's all it needs now, right? What else do we need? You need water. Very good. So let's pretend we're going to take some water and we're going to put it on there and it's good. And that's all it needs. Ah, sunlight. So you need the soil, right? You need the water. You need the sunlight. And I can't remember. You remember what? And what? Yeah, we need carbon dioxide. Um, you, uh, some young person that knows more about science than I do said that you needed to have that. So we'll just assume that all that is there. Then what's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? It's going to grow. Okay, it's going to grow. Spiritually, it's the same thing. There are certain things we need in order to grow. And I'm going to tell you that there was a time in my life that I didn't want any of those things. And I didn't grow. Well, maybe I grew further away from God. Maybe that's the only kind of growth there was. God got my attention. And then certain things were started to be added to my life. And it started changing me. The word of God was there. Um, spending time with fellow Christians. Going to worship. I mean, different things like that were started to be added to my life. And I started to grow closer to Jesus. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks. We're going to talk about one part of that especially is the gift of prayer. God has given us prayer so we can grow in our dependence and trust in him. So let's pray. And if you would, boys and girls of all ages, if you would join me and repeat after me. Dear Jesus... Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being born in Bethlehem. For living that perfect life. And thank you for blessing us with all the things we need so we can grow closer to you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
in this time of desperation. And all we know is doubt and fear. There is only one foundation. We believe. We believe. In this broken generation, when all is dark, you help us see. There is only one salvation we believe we believe we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Spirit and he's given us new life we believe in the crucifixion we believe that he conquered death we believe in the resurrection, and it's coming back again. We believe. So, so let our faith be more than anthems, and greater than the songs we weakness and temptations we believe we believe we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Spirit and he's giving us new life we believe in the crucifixion we believe that he conquered song. How many of you believe in Jesus and his birth, death, resurrection? Okay, good. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand for this one. How many of you always believe perfectly? And the truth is, not one of us. 
There are times in our life because of sin, we don't always believe in this story. At least we don't live it out like we believe it. In fact, when I think about our dependence on God, there are times that we act as if we are independent. And that is the truth. The Bible says, all have sinned, that's you and me, and have fallen short of the glory of God, which means we don't believe him. So what we're supposed to do is to confess that sin to him, and then we're going to be reminded of what Jesus did and only he can do for people like you and me. Forgive us and empower us. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning as we think about, as we think about this time of the year, uh, from Christmas to Epiphany, as we think about you coming to this earth and you doing all of this for us. It's amazing. And yet, because of our sin, there are times we, we don't consider it, we don't think about it. Uh, we, go to our, we go our own way, we do our own thing. So you, you tell us in your word that we should confess our sins to you. And so we do, every sin, the known and the unknown, the little, the big. Um, all of these uh, would separate us from you forever. So we lay them at the foot of your cross. And we're going to trust you to do what only you can do. So thank you again for your death, your resurrection. Thank you for your forgiveness and your restoration. Thank you that we're brought back into this relationship with our Heavenly Father, your dad. And our lives are changed right now, but changed for eternity. All because of your grace. Thank you. Thank you for all that you have done and will do because you love us so. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's the good news, right? That's why we come here hopefully every single week or you, you go online and you watch this. This good news changes our life and our perspective and it gives us a hope and a joy that we can't find in anything else. So hold on to that, be dependent on it um, and just be blessed today and tomorrow and until we get to be in heaven forever. Amen.
we are ready now for what I call the celebration meal, the victory meal. It's God's gift for you and for me uh, as we are reminded of just what he's done because he loves us. So if you would take out the elements that you have received earlier. And what I'm going to do first is I'm going to share with you what's called the words of institution. It comes from the Bible. It's where Jesus is beginning this meal for you and for me. Remember, it was for the Passover meal before. It was to remember the past. But this meal, Jesus brings it into present and future tense. And as we take this meal, as we receive bread, wine, body, and blood, we do so for forgiveness of sins and to strengthen our faith as we journey. So let me share with you from Scripture first. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would take the bread and take and eat, this is the body of Christ given for you. And then if you would take the wine or the juice, take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting, depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Good morning, Father. We come to you this morning with our prayers of healing, concerns, and praises from our 1C family. For my mom's healing. For my dear friend, Julie, that the new year brings better health. Candy, my daughter, has the virus, so prayers for her healing for her and her family, for strength and healing, and the rest of the world with it to get better. We praise you for taking care of us. For my aunt's family, Alice, as they mourn the loss of their mom, grandma, great-grandma, prayers for the Alice Robinson family. They lost and the grief is immense. May they find peace knowing that she is in the presence of Jesus. Lifting prayers of strength and comfort for our friend Jane Cook as she progresses through cancer treatments. Lifting her family as well because no one fights alone. Prayers for my sister's health to improve so she may return to school and for the doctors to find answers. For a brother who will have surgery on Tuesday for successful surgery and complete healing and recovery. I hope that we have a good 2021 and pray for my brother that broke his collarbone and the people who have COVID. For the health of our community, teachers and kids as they return to school Monday. Please place a hedge of protection around me, my family and friends 
Please guide President-elect Biden and President Trump as we transition as a nation. Please calm our nation and help us to heal and come together as one. Please give protection, strength, and encouragement to all the medical personnel caring for COVID. Gracious God, we thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you for your grace, mercy, and love that is unconditional and never ending. As we enter a new year, we especially thank you for your forgiveness that allows us a fresh start, a clean slate, a new life through your son Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Yeah, those uh, pictures and images were taken in Nebraska just last week. Yeah, right. It would be cold and snow. <sighs> All right, are you ready to embark on a journey together for the next 40 days? We're, we're going to be asking God to do something great, beginning with me, as in you two, and us collectively as we grow in our understanding and our dependence on God in prayer. All right, so this is, this is what it's all about. So I want you to keep coming back every single week. Um, I want you to be ready to receive um, an email that's going to come out like Monday or Tuesday, and it's going to give you some more Bible verses and some questions and things to look at. Um, we're going to wrestle with and we're going to learn, and we want to, to do better when it comes to our prayer life. It really will shape us. So that's why this week we're talking about growing. And I don't know what you think about growing. Uh, but I want to give you Ephesians chapter 4. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to, well, the church in Ephesus 2,000 years ago, but the church today and you and me. He says, we are not meant to remain as children at the mercy of every chance wind of teaching. Instead, we are meant to hold firmly to the truth in love and to grow up in every way in Christ. Think about what that is, 
is really getting at. The prayer that really Paul is putting out 2,000 years ago is that you and me would be more Christ-like. And I'm going to say that uh, when it says every way, it means to be more Christ-like in our marriage, to be more Christ-like in our parenting, to be more Christ-like at the workplace, to be more Christ-like in our schools, to be more Christ-like in our neighborhoods, to be more Christ-like even with our enemies. I think that's what it's talking about, to be in every way to grow up in Christ. I want to share with you what I have seen as a counselor, as a life coach. There is a rhythm in life, and it's as simple as three words, dependence, independence, and dependence. Now, we could see it, especially when we, we watch it um, maybe physically, emotionally. When we see a little baby born, right, all it can do is kind of be there. When it needs something, there's usually a sound associated, right? Maybe some tears, some crying, some wailing, something to get attention. So they're hungry, they need a diaper change, maybe they're tired. So somebody needs to come to the attention of this little baby. You know, we had uh, the privilege of our youngest grandchild uh, stopping by last night. His name is Micah George. And uh, they, were, they, they stopped by us uh, from Arizona to Wisconsin last week or so. Now they're coming back to go back to Arizona, so they stopped for a couple hours. We got to see them. I got to hold Micah, and I got to hear him, I think, cry for the first time. He is a really good grandchild. They say he takes after me. I don't know if that's part of it or not. Um, probably not. But he, he was pretty quiet until he was time to be fed or diaper changed, or it was time to be, you know, put to bed. So there's this total dependence on somebody older to do something for them. And then here's what happens. They start walking. And they start learning independence. And you know that they got the independence thing down when they say this two-letter two word. What is it? No. When a mom or dad or somebody tells them to do something and they look at you in a cute kind of way and they say no. Independence. And then they just get better at it the older they get. And then you get to be a teenager like when I was a teenager and probably just like Mike was a teenager. And we learn to say no and maybe rebel a little bit or like for me a lot and we show our independence. My parents would tell me to do this and I would do that. The police would tell me to do this and I would do that. Independence. Ugh. I know it's connected to sin. I know it's connected to sin. We just are so rebellious. And then we get a little bit older in life and what I often see is a move to dependence again. Sometimes when certain faculties don't work, the body doesn't work, the mind doesn't work, or you just, you know, you're not capable, so you have to depend on some other people to help you in life. So there's this rhythm that goes on, and, and maybe you can identify and you, you see that. Well, spiritually, I believe the same thing happens, and it's not always um, linear. 
I think there's times that you and me, we are so dependent on God, we trust in him more than anything, and then with the next breath, we are so independent. I mean, here's my proof. Okay, this is my world, maybe not yours. Maybe you've got this figured out, and I'm still learning. When I have a trial or a trouble, too many times I Google it instead of got it. Do you see the difference? If I need an answer to something, some kind of stress or, or problem, I'll take out my phone and I'll start Googling. And I'm looking for some kind of answer or perspective or peace instead of going to God with it. So I'm hoping, like in my world, instead of being independent and trying to fix it myself, I would start learning and to do a better job of going to God. And that's what this prayer thing is all about. So that when we start having, because it's not a matter of if, it's when, when we have our troubles and when we have our trials, that I am praying for me and for you, the first thing we do is we go to God. And we find in him peace. But we find this rhythm of life. You know, my high school years were, oh my goodness, mom and dad, I'm sorry. You know, I was so independent. But when I turned 17 and I met Jesus in a very personal way, um, things changed. And my world got turned upside down in the right way. But here I am now at 59, and there are times I still act independent. So we're going we're gonna to look at some principles, some truths that I hope will shape our thinking and point us in a direction that will allow us to be more dependent on God than ever before. All right? And that we stick to it. All right, a couple principles. First one, we grow when we feed on the word of God. I believe that's a truth, a powerful truth. And we see it evidenced. If you remember last week, if you were here, uh, I talked about the story of Jesus and when he was starting his public ministry. He had fasted for 40 days. In other words, he was showing his dependence on his father during those 40 days. He prayed, considered the scripture, I'm sure, and he fasted. And so at this point, 40 days, um, he then is confronted by somebody. Does anybody remember who confronted him after 40 days? Yeah, Satan came up and confronted him. And what Satan did was he took Jesus, brought him out to the desert in a very vulnerable state as a human, and he knew he was hungry. So Satan is smart, just so you know. If you haven't encountered that, he is smart. And he says, hmm, Jesus... You know, you could turn these stones into bread. Problem solved, right? What was his response? Do you remember? This is a different version of it. He says, people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. In other words, instead of looking for answers in this world, look to the God of the universe who can meet your need, your true need. Paul attested to this. In Acts chapter 20, as he's doing some of these missionary journeys, as he is proclaiming this word of God, he says this, the word of grace is able to build you up and give you all the blessings that God has for all his people. So Jesus and, and Paul asserts this. 
I, I began to understand this as a 17-year-old. And I'll never forget a poem that I came across that I, I wrote in a Bible. I, it's emblazoned on my heart. And it speaks to this truth. The poem goes like this. Two natures beat within my breast. One is foul, one is blessed. The one I love, the other I hate. The one I feed will dominate. Think about that. What we feed on will dominate our thinking and our heart and our lives. And so this first principle says, hey, stick to the word of God. Get to know the word of God. Lean on the word of God. Be dependent on the word of God, not on the word of mankind. Okay, so that's first principle. Second one is we grow when we develop spiritual habits. Okay, what are habits? There are things that we do uh, routinely and faithfully, and I'll even add the word intentionally. It's like it's just part of our thinking. It's part of our rhythm of life, all right? So, John 13, Jesus says these words, Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you practice them. Now, context always is important. You can grab a Bible verse, pull it out, and put it up on a screen, but there's a context behind this. The story is this. Jesus is with his disciples. He is going to wash their feet. He gets the basin of water, he gets the towel, and he's ready to do this. But one of the disciples is having a problem with this. Do you remember who that is? Peter. Strong, independent-minded Peter. He'll, he said, I'm not going to let you do this. This is not the way it works. And then Jesus replies to him. And ultimately he says, unless I wash you, you're not going to get clean. Unless you become dependent on me to clean you inside and outside, you're going to be dirty forever, Peter. And then Peter gets it. So those words, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you practice them. So for me, it's sitting back and saying, okay, God, I'm dirty, and no matter how hard I try to clean, I can't. Spiritually, I would be dirty forever. I need you to do that. And God has given us some gifts that if we put them into practice, if we make them a habit, it will redirect us, reshape us, refocus us, and do what God wants to do in our life. So, another verse, Hebrews chapter 5. Solid food is for mature people whose minds have been trained by practice to know the difference between good and evil. Or how about 1 Corinthians 9? All good athletes train hard and practice to get better. They do it to win a prize that won't last, but we practice to win a prize that will last forever. And when I think of this section of habits and disciplines, I remember a conversation I had with one of my sons. My, my kids, pretty much all of them love sports and whatever, but there was one in particular whose goal was to make it to state in tennis. The year before, he just missed out, and his desire was to do, be um, in state. So I had one of those moments of conversation where, you know, you, you talk to your kids and they kind of look at you like, you know, the whole Charlie Brown scene when adults talk? Wah, 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 wah. So that's kind of what was going on, but I got really specific and I said, okay, here, I truly believe, and I, I'm leaving the name out on purpose, I truly believe that there are certain things if you do will help you 
get to state in tennis. And there are certain things that if you do will hurt you from getting to ten, uh, state in tennis. And again, he's just in La La Land, so I engaged him. I said, I'm going to give you a list of a couple things. I want you to tell me if you think they'll help you or hurt you. Okay. So I, so I, I started saying, all right, how about this? You have an opportunity to hit tennis balls for an hour. Will that help you or hurt you get to, to state for tennis? Help. Not a lot of words, but he said the word help. Um, if you eat the right kind of foods and get the right amount of sleep, will that help you or hurt you? Help. And he knew it was coming. If you stay up all night playing video games or doing things that your mother and father would not want you to be doing, would that help you or hurt you? Hurt. And so he struggled that year. He made some choices that weren't the best. He missed out on state by like this. We were all waiting to hear. But I believe in our spiritual life, there are certain disciplines that will help us and strengthen us in our walk with Jesus and in our experience in this earth. Certain habits and patterns. Yes, the word of God. But we're going to be talking about prayer a lot now. So that is important. There is a, a, a graphic that we have in the family gathering area. It's on your sheet. It's on our website. You'll see it all over the place. Very simple. This is the rhythm. This, these are the habits of a disciple and a follower of Jesus. Simply, the words are up, in, and out. The arrows kind of talk about it. Really, we need to begin by experiencing the grace and the love and the power and the mercy of God. He comes down to us. He shows that to us. I think this is a beautiful illustration of the manger and the cross. It's kind of like bookends, right? The birth and the death of Jesus so that you and me can experience this love of God. Just profound. Uh, but we can do it in worship. We can learn about this. That's what part of it. But even at your own home or workplace, you can open up the word of God. You can hear about what he's done for you. You could do this personally by yourself. We also believe that we experience this God as we pray to him. As we give him our um, attention and our dependence and talk to him in prayer. So that's the up. That's the experience. And then, truly, we believe that once this is going on, we're like, I want to talk to somebody about this. I want to share this with somebody. That's where the in comes in. I'm going to tell you, I am truly blessed by one of the, quote, ins that I have in my life. We have a men's group that meets, uh, starts at 5.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock for the study. It's early. It's, it's early. I'll just tell you. But that group, they're sharpening me, and I love it. So I want to encourage you to be thinking that way. So as you experience God this way, start experiencing it this way. There's something powerful that happens in there. But I do believe that when this is happening and this is happening, we start doing this. We start seeing the need and the calling to share this good news of God's grace with everyone. Family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, enemies. It's just that important. All right? We grow when we help each other. Romans chapter 1. 
I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me, and my faith will help you. Or Hebrews 10, let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love and to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more. And here's where I'm just going to pause. I'll just say COVID-19 has frustrated this. I don't know if you're feeling it. I'm feeling it. But I'm going to tell you that this still is a biblical principle. I still believe that we need to start thinking and praying and maybe being more agile and, and, and making this happen. We need to encourage each other. We need to reach out to each other. Even if we do it six feet apart or on Zoom, we need to be looking at other people. Yes, family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, you name it, whoever. We need to be about the encouraging of each other. And that's part of our calling as a Christ follower. All right, now, next one. We grow when we commit to grow. Uh, Jeremiah 29, and this is a different translation than what I was used to, but you'll find me when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. Or Nehemiah 9, uh, I'm going to say about five years ago, I did a sermon series on the book of Nehemiah. Powerful story. I mean, here's what was going on. Here's Nehemiah away from Jerusalem, safe and secure. He hears word that the wall from Jerusalem is now down and that the people of Jerusalem are now in danger. He could have very easily said, too bad, so sad. But instead, something burned in his heart. I mean, to the point that he goes to the king and says, I want to go back to my people. In fact, could you help fund this? I mean, he was ridiculous. And he's going to go now back and put himself at risk, at jeopardy. And he goes there. And by the power of God, let me tell you, the rebuilding of the wall was a, a miracle of the day to do it in the, the time and fashion that they did. But here's part of what happened. This is where I think the power was in the word of God. Prior to, um, to this chapter 9, they read the book of the law. They read the word of God. And all of a sudden, they had this heartbeat. And it says this, In view of all of this, we are making a covenant together in writing and signing our names to it. So they were really signing and saying, we're going to be all about helping some other people. We're going to make a promise together. 2 Corinthians 13, our greatest wish and prayer is that you will become mature Christians. little sidelight to this. The Corinthian church 2,000 years ago was a pretty immature church. Life was all about them. And so here is Paul in his second letter trying to address it and say, hey folks, grow up and let's start doing ministry together. And here's the last one, and this is the one that I, I'm going to say, this is the theme verse for week one. It is uh, talking about the importance of being connected to Jesus. And it's John chapter 15, verses 5 to 7, and he goes like this, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him bears much fruit. That's the good news. So when we're connected, 
okay? When we are connected to him uh, with the word of God, um, with all the blessings he gives us, fruit is going to come in your life. But then he also says, for apart from me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. So not only do you not bear fruit, but the end result is not good. And then the last verse, it says this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. One part, I think we, we just, I need to pause here. I picture that God and the gift of prayer is more, I mean, I think at times I use prayer like a crowbar. Where I go to God in prayer and I say, okay, God, this is what I want. This is my will. I want it. I don't think that's what Jesus is getting at. I think it's more like an extension cord. Maybe you've heard that analogy. Is that I am powerless without being plugged into the Holy Spirit. I am powerless except for the fact that there is a God who loves me and has so much for me. So I think that's what Jesus is getting at here. That when we're plugged into him, we're going to want his will. So when we pray, we're going to be ready and able to accept his will. And sometimes the will is painful. I'll just tell you. It's, it's not all cotton candy and circuses, right? Sometimes it's tears. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it hurts. But when we're connected to him, we, we get this flood of peace and joy and assurance and hope. So as we take this journey, week after week after week, please, please start utilizing this prayer more than before. As we go week after week after week after week, know that God is calling us to be more dependent on him than ever before. And I want you to know God is calling us and he who calls us is always faithful. We're going to continue now in worship as we're, we're going to profess our faith. What do we believe about this God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit? And we're going to use the words of the Apostles' Creed. And just a reminder, these are the teachings of the Apostles from about 2,000 years ago about this God who is intricately involved in our life. So I'd like to invite you now to stand and let's share together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive now the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.
Amen. Darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in Stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your
This place is trying to break my 